1: Hello and welcome to another episode of All Talk with Hello Sport coming to you via the SEN airwaves. Now, joining us on the show today Eddie very very special. The interviews continue, the heavy hitters continue. This man, a manly legend. When we have a manly legend on, you know, it's a different it's a different vibe in the office. Different energy. It's a different energy. You got people poking their head in, Dio Dave hangs around. <laughs> Looking for autographs, looking for photos. Look,
0: there might be some fanboys and girls out the front just clawing themselves to get in. Because we've got the heaviest hitter in Australian sport right now. Manly
1: legend and now, I mean, the Dana White of Australian fight sports. The Don. The Don. (laughs) The one and only George Rose. How are you? Thank you very much for coming in
2: oh, I'm feeling amazing after that intro i'm feeling I'm feeling like a million bucks
1: right now. I did say it won't give you an intro and then just proceeded to basically go down on you for fifteen minutes so
2: well
0: look. <laughs> Anything for the good. Dana White of <laughs> Australian fight sports, mate. <laughs> well, at least you enjoyed it, though, you know?
2: <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I love it. It's, it's good to be here. And, and you know, manly boys.
1: Manly boys. Yeah, just a couple of manly legends sitting around yeah. chopping it up. You know? It's, I, it's always, always good to catch up. I almost sent you a message this morning going, bring the ring in. Like, bring it in. But then I thought, you know what? He's probably wearing it anyway. Or maybe
2: it's in a safe safe spot somewhere. i put it in the safe spot today. I do like to wear it around and layer up a little bit. Fuck, yeah. If you had to give me the okay to come and layer up, I would have oh, up, mate. I love a layer up. Yeah, one. absolutely. When,
0: you, um, when you're signing new boxes, do you get them to kiss the ring? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but that's part of the process. I think oh, when, when I, do, I do wear it when we do sign new ones, so I, and I just sort of tap it on the table because it's heavy <laughs> yeah, to yeah. tap it, and the, the diamonds sparkle a little bit, and it's like, oh, what's that? <laughs> just the premiership ring. Ah, uh, just the premiership ring. Just the premiership you just
0: got to let them know. Mate, you, you know let let what I mean? Absolutely. Let them know he's the yeah. boss. I respect that. How
1: how are you going? So you've just come. You got you got actually your studios just around the corner from us. Yeah. You are bloody in LA. You're back around. You're around the world, like boxing here every. Like you know, it's it, the the no limit cards on all the time. How's it feel? You must be pumped.
2: I, I am pumped. I mean, a lot of hard work went in to get into getting to where we are now. But where we are at the moment is is a really cool spot. Where um, I think we've got we've got a few different. A few different style shows that we do. We've got our emerging talent, which is exciting for me too, because you get to see who's going to step up. Mm. You know, when you're putting on the big ones, and and then we've got our established guys who are who are really killing it in the Australian market, and and then we've got Timmy, who's is into that overseas that overseas market at the moment too. Mm. And we, I mean, we also look after Ty Tua Vasa, so Ty is actually flying at the moment too. Yeah. So between Timmy and Ty, um, you know, we're getting some overseas trips in, and 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 we hadn't done that. I think I went to LA once A while back And then now You know We've been to Vegas Three times um, In the last six months We've been to LA Minneapolis And, and we're heading to France In a couple of weeks For Ty's fight Yeah, over. yeah. Hectic.
1: Love that yeah. When did you notice know, Oh sorry Ed, I was just going to say When did you notice Like the shift Like you know No Limit was obviously We'll get into like How it all started and everything, But when it sort of Ticked over that Sort of that next level To where it sort of Became quite established In Australia
2: When was that I think probably the last few years we're we're getting to that point. We like putting on shows that that we would enjoy ourselves. We like putting on fights that we would enjoy ourselves. Mm. And if it's not a fight or a show that that we wouldn't have fun being a part of, we don't do it. We just want to do things that we would enjoy. And, And that's what we were just doing. And we just kept rolling it out. And, you know, more people would turn up and... Um, I mean, it helped that our fighters were were getting really successful at the same time too. You know, like Timmy's Timmy's just been growing massively um, with every fight, and um, I think the growth of us and the growth of him all sort of happened at the same time. And and um, yeah, we just we just really wanted to put on shows that people didn't, would enjoy, and people kept coming back, and people kept tuning back in again. And and um, the, yeah, the last few years have been nuts, and now now we're at a point where. You know, when, when Tim's, Tim's show in Newcastle that he was meant to do with Zarafa, it sold out in, in like 24 hours. And, and when, when that happened, we were like, holy shit, we're, we're doing pretty good <laughs> yeah. now, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, he's, you know he, he, he was at that, at that superstar status and, and obviously the shows that we've done in Newcastle previously, people had enjoyed. And, and when that happened, we were like, yeah, this is cool. It's happening.
0: You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport on SEN. We are talking to George Rose now. George, how does um, how did it come to be for you? Your brother Matt and Trent. Like, have you always loved boxing growing up, or did you loved just it. see a hole in the market that you were like, listen, like boxing in Australia has fallen by the wayside. You know, there's an opportunity to sort of bring it back to a T one sport, which is what your guys talk about. It was is do you always love
2: it? Always loved it, uh, and and it's it's a little bit of both. I mean. Always loved the fights as a kid. Always watched boxing. Um, always loved hitting the bag. And you know, whenever <laughs> schoolyard fights, you'd be front row watching the boys you yeah, know, rip yeah. in. And and I've I've always loved watching fights, e- even on the footy field. A fight breaks out, you love watching it. Mm. Um, and you know, we just got to a point where uh, my brother was doing was doing uh, player management. Signed up a young boxer as well. He was trying to get him a fight couldn't get him a fight anywhere and it was it was getting really difficult so he said you know stuff it. let's just put on our own show um out at the double rsl put on our put on our own show went pretty good like it was it was a really cool night and and we end up doing it again we're in orange this time at the orange um uh i don't know if it was the entertainment center or rsl it was you know similar sort of vibe might have been the cwa who knows (laughs) um but put it on and, and it went off as well it was great as well and then you know within four shows we're down here at the horton pavilion with um paul gallon fighting junior paulo and we're on fox sports and within four, four shows, shows yeah Holy so shit. so we ended up to the to there and then um you know we we'd signed a couple of good fighters and 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 we just sort of kept growing and growing with that and um we'll learn and learn and everything along the way and um the more we learned the more we put into place them you know the bigger the crowds were getting mm. the better the fights were getting we we're getting more good fights on our cards because people wanted to get on our cards and now we we've grown to the point where you know we've got a, a multi-year fox sports deal we're doing pay-per-view shows we're doing linear shows where we, we got to promote a show over in in minneapolis timmy's show so we got to co-promote that over there so Wild. um Long trip from the WRSL. RSL. Long trip from the double
0: RSL. It yeah. the double RSL. Yeah. Whose idea was it to put a focus on rugby league fights, just to draw eyeballs to the sport more than anything? Because... It's hard to promote fights where people don't know who the, and they don't have a narrative, right? But there's such a narrative behind rugby league fighters, uh, league players fighting. They just like that's one of the great narratives of all time, right? Yeah. Watching leaguey straight down.
2: Yeah, and and it's putting two of our favorite sports together too. You know, we we grew up on rugby league and and boxing, and and um, we've I've played rugby league since I was four. Always loved it so. The fact that we're able to put rugby league fights on, um, it's exciting for me because you sit, you know, when you sit around, I'll be sitting around here and I'd say, Geez, who would you love to see? I'd love to see Paul Cullen fight Junior Paul you? Yeah. You know, I'd love yeah. to see Darcy Lussig fight fight Justin Hodges. You know, I'd, I, and and you sit around and and you have these little yarns. You know, like and you watch the footy, something happens. You're like, oh gee, I'd love to see them get in the ring and settle that one. Like, <laughs> you know, everyone does that. Well, at the we were pub.
1: saying we'd love a no limit ring just on the sideline. The two <laughs> fellas get sent off, and it's like, when you
0: get right, sin bin, you, you get in there and you. Oh. I think Throw we down. should
2: talk about that. You know, they're not allowed to fight on the field. Let's do it safely. Chuck the gloves yeah. on. Let them we'll put them out in that. the car park even because, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's where it used to be settled traditionally. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. But that's, you know, that's where it all started. That's how we got into it. And then the fact is that the footy players actually wanted to get in and fight too because, you know, you're, you're big, you're strong, you back yourself. And you you want to test yourself out too. You want to challenge yourself in the ring. So that's how it sort of came about. And the fact that we you know we had guys putting their hand up you know wanting to fight people. And it's funny because when you when you have that first conversation, someone will reach out and they'll be like, you know, get me on a show. I'm, I'm keen to have a fight. I really want to fight. Mm. It's like, yeah, mate. Is there anyone you want to fight? Who, who, who are you thinking? Like, oh, you know, anyone? And is there anyone else that's keen to get in? And you start rattling off names, and you go through, you go through some of the guys that that, that have sort of called and done had the same call before, and you know, they're like, oh yeah, oh no, I'm mates with him. It's always, you know, <laughs> Junior Paulo, for example, can fight. You say Junior's, now, oh no, I'm mates with him. I went to school with him. Stay <laughs> yeah. together. You get down the list a little bit, and it's like, you know, oh, J- Jared Wallace, oh, oh Jared. Wallace, yeah, I'll jump in with Jared Wallace. <laughs> there, there, there's guys on the list that everyone, they all say the same thing. And then, you know, after Ben Hennett had his fight, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, I'll fight Ben Hennett. Ben Hennett, yeah, yeah, I'll get in. It was <laughs> fighting Junior Paulo, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, you That's, find a way that you were friends with him somehow uh, yeah, in know, the last absolutely. 20 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I met him once. Uh, we we went to the same coffee shop once. Yeah, we stuff. really got on. Fight we hit can't it off
1: fight. over the banana bread. I guess with like the, a lot of the perception of rugby league players would not necessarily that they're all. Dumbasses, but when you hear about like super intelligent ones, you're like oh wow, that's more surprising. And the I can't remember what it was, but it was like you were winning like maths tournaments and <coughs> shit. You're like <laughs> some hyper intelligent man, but then also now you are the CEO. I guess from the footy career coming into this, was there a lot of learning you had to do to do what you do now. And did your brother Matt help you with that sort of stuff? Because he like was he always more of the business guy, or were you always was this? a surprising move for you as I guess it is sort of a little bit from the outside looking in?
2: Yeah yeah well, well it is surprising it is surprising I, I, I never thought I'd be in this line of work um, when I was at I was a mass nerd I was a massive mass nerd at school um, but I, I also love footy and I played footy and my, th- my thought when I was in high school was that I was always going to go on to to uni um, we're living in Bathurst going to high school uh, there in Bathurst and I thought you know, I'll go up to Charles Sturt, study something Couple up there. Of Charles Sturt, along my yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Good uni. Oh, Good uni. uni. That was, that was some of the great
2: years all yeah, time. Though. Yeah. Well, for for a little period, people thought that I actually was a student up there. You know, it's like, oh, aren't you from j Hut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'd be waking up there all the time and cruising around and just, you know, making myself at home, and um, yeah. So so it's it was it's a great uni. That's what I thought my path was going to be. Um, Mass nerd, go and do my. You know, accounting or engineering, whatever I was going to go. Um, but then, in year twelve, I had a had a pretty red hot year of footy, and um, and Penrith actually asked me to come down and play in their their junior grades, and and so I just changed everything just to go down and and have a crack at that. I still, started going to uni, started doing an accounting degree. Um, I you know footy was taken off that first year, so I I, I put it on hold and. And, you know took off and focused on the footy career ended up having a 12 year nrl career off mm. the back of that decision yeah. so it was a good decision loved my footy um but i still had a little bit of an itch to to get back into into something um and at, you know at the same time while i was playing matt was you know looking at this entrepreneurial path that you know that was sort of good. It, it aligned with me, um, you know, with what I've I've always been excited about as well. He's got a really good work ethic. He's got a really good drive, and um, he's he's really good with his vision. He's got he's got a really good vision for what we're doing and where we're at. And and you know he's driven that no limit vision of of where we're at now. And and the rest of us are, are, you know we we just helped to implement it and make it happen and.
0: Was it a difficult transition for you going from playing footy and everything that's involved with that to being the CEO of a a boxing promotion?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, first off, I did a couple of years at the NRL first up. So when I finished finished footy, I did a couple of years uh, working with the NRL. And um, because, you know, No Limit was still sort of, you know, in in the early stages, we we couldn't have afforded to have us both. both working there full time mm-hmm. at that at that stage and um, so that transition into office life you know just the, the basic shit like you know not swearing in, <laughs> in an office you know not not hitting people on the ass when you're <laughs> them, you know it's like you know not yeah. just little things you yeah. know because that's that's what you do and then and I mean even the conversations that you have in, at, at footy you know you're talking there's there's probably about three topics that you cover and they're just on repeat and they're not topics that you that you have in an office <laughs> setting either you can't talk about those things in an office <laughs> you know you otherwise you are gone the next day yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and um, yeah so so it was it was weird getting used to that you you crawl back into your shell a little bit to stop yourself from saying something stupid yeah um but then once you get used to it you know you you find your find your place and and then when we when I came over to no limit it was just like straight in the deep end i remember the first the first week i was there um, I had to do a pitch to Destinations New South Wales to, to um, you know, to to help us get the the Sydney Super Fight on out at out at Bank West Stadium. Um, so that was my first week was was uh, pitching to really? <laughs> <the> f- <laughs> pitching to them, <laughs> asking you know, asking for, for for millions of dollars to Sorry. make something happen. And I was yeah. like, all right.
1: How do you found... Because obviously you're doing things like that, right? Where you're standing in front of people having to present, but you're also now the front facing. Or uh, of of no limit. How have you found that? Were you always comfortable in that position?
2: No, and, and I'm still not now. I, yeah. I hate you know. I hate it. I get up there and I, I start sweating. When I get nervous, I'm am a mad sweater. So <laughs> like even down here at um we did the announcement for uh, um at Mod- Nikita's last fight, and Good it fight. was it was about four degrees Great down fight. At, down at EQ. And um, I'm sitting up there sweating, you know. All the all the fighters are shivering, and I'm sitting there. I've got sweat <laughs> rolling down my face. <laughs> I, I I do get nervous um, speaking, but you know, it, it's it's just that same thing. Is just they push me in the deep end, and mm. they say just go for it, and you can't say anything wrong. And, and I suppose that's a beauty of it too, is that with boxing we can't say anything wrong. We can sort of say anything because any anything that sort of gets a gets a run, uh, you know. It's, it's more eyeballs coming onto the, onto the boxing and more people are going to tune in, and that's yeah. what we want. We want more people tuning in, and whether I say something ridiculous or, or say something fantastic, it'll get a start somehow. Yeah.
0: you listen to All Talk with Hello Sport. We are on SEN, and we are talking to George Rose. Now, George. Have you been impressed by how good of a boxer Paul Gallon is? Like... He didn't retire. It Doesn't feel like he retired that long ago. The years sort of fly by, and I can't ever really remember. But
1: he was old as shit when he retired, anyway. So but he's he like still boxing when he was playing. So like you
0: know. he's he fights for Australian heavyweight titles. And shit. Like yeah, it's twice, hasn't he?
1: Twice. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like are you and can
1: get and can take a punch. Yeah. Like
0: that fight we went to in Newcastle. When he was fighting Trzewski.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And he was getting bashed and then in the was it the eleventh round or the ninth round the or ninth something. Round. Just ninth round. round. Yeah. That was biblical. Yeah. Comes back and just he just keeps coming forward. Oh, it's crazy. I,
2: he's he's unbelievable. And I mean, I hated him. As a footballer, I hated him. And and then I reckon that's why he's got it in him as well, is that for so long he was a shark's best forward. And when you'd play the Sharks, it was just like, you know, everybody just swarm gallon you know he's gonna he's gonna have 30 carries every time he runs get out whack him grab his arm don't let him offload and you get a chance just give him something you know <laughs> like if you can give him something give it to him because he will he'll get back up and he'll come again he'll keep coming and that's how he did you know we had five five Fords on the field at the time and all of us are swarming him all of us trying to smash him every time he runs do anything anything that you can to him and um, yeah, he get back up he'd, Swear at you, and he'd get back up and he'd, he'd have another run. And he'd do it again, and he'd turn up, he'd keep tackling, he'd keep running and i think that's why he's got the same attitude when he steps into a ring his his talent has developed over the years because of the the amount of boxing that he's done the training the sparring and and the people that he's worked with over the years his talent has got better and better but that same tenacity that he had as a footballer he takes into the ring and i think that's where he catches a lot of people off guard is that you know you might land a few on him early or you might you might look a bit slicker than him early all right, he's going to hang in there and and that, that Newcastle fight, that round nine. Yeah.
0: Mate, I was losing it, mate. Oh, so <laughs> so I was out of my I was like,
2: go, <laughs> go. And the guy's tape so, kept coming under
0: <laughs> my <laughs> Let him fight. Mate, if that was another 30 seconds, that <laughs> he round, she might have had she might up, had yeah. him. That's
2: a guy you could see. He was like, oh, shit. It was. It was that, he was. Tired. And he was tied. But Gal just kept coming at him. No matter how much yeah punishment Gal had had before that. He hadn't given up, and I don't think Chris he just was. He find another gear yeah. when he has it's to. It's unbelievable. And I wish they had done that again for the 10th round. It would have been the most epic fight yeah. if they did the same thing yeah. for the 10th round. I one. know, that would have been mad.
1: Yeah. Is he really going to fight two people in one night? Like, is that legit, or is that, you know, you sort of talk about trying to get a bit of like publicity and hype around it. Are you just sort of being cheeky there, or is he really going to fight the polar bear? What's he called? The pol- <laughs> What's his other nickname?
0: Oh, the um big omelet, the big omelet, the big, big,
1: omelet. <laughs> the big omelet. Did you fight. Ben Hannett and Hodges in the same night. Well,
2: it's like I said. When you sit around <laughs> and you sit there and you say, you know, who would you like to see someone fight? It was like, you know, should he fight Hodges? And everyone was like, oh no, he's too good for Hodges. You know, Hodges is half the fighter of him. All right, well, let's get the other half in then. <laughs> eh? Let's find another half, and then it's an even matchup. Let's get two guys, and um, yeah, we we said. It. Let's let's get him to fight two guys in the one night And uh, we, we couldn't do it here in New South Wales It's not, it's not From um, a sanctioning perspective Yeah, you can't get it sanctioned in New South Wales But Doing
1: the another, Queensland one the <laughs> Don't give a <laughs> Toast.
2: Toast. <laughs> <laughs> just get it on a boat. Queensland. You can do anything. Can International do anything waters, there. mate. Whatever you want. And, and, and I mean, people were joking that you know they had that rule up there because all the two-headed blokes that were fighting <laughs> oh, over, good, over the years. They, they, I didn't say that. Other people. No, other that. people I'll made the connection.
1: It does work that he's fighting <laughs> Queensland,
2: is that And uh, so, so yeah. I mean, you know, Hodges has wanted him, and and you know, Hodges is confident that he can finish him on his own, but. Now it's a different story. He's going to have someone else in with him as well, and
1: so can, they're both not in at the same time, though. Obviously, right? Like well,
2: we're, st- we're still finding out what okay, we can get away with up
1: there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Is one on the what, other? Shoulders? I mean, I, I grew round up WWE like w- 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 as well.
2: I love the oh, WWE. W- every you know things Holy they get away with all sorts of shit in the WWE. So um, we'll like just push clothes. the boundaries, see yeah. what we can do. We round might get for a round, suitcase of cash hanging up the above above the ring, and yeah, I'd love that. I don't know what we can get away with, but. We'll boundaries. Yeah,
1: it. Is it annoying the whole Sonny Bill Williams situation? Is he so is he is Sonny? am I correct in that he wants a 60-40 split and that's why Gal's
2: just like no? Well I mean that's what he's said um, publicly I think he said it said it most recently and I think for for gal has got the numbers on the board. Yeah. He's he's been for for a long time he was the pay-per-view king of Australia mm-hmm. and and he still is the, you know, Obviously, Tim's surpassed him now, but prior to that, he was unmatched, and and even you know his numbers now are still still the best. You know, Gal's got every right to to probably want it more in his favour, and oh, I tell you what, though, it's a fight I would have loved to see a few years ago. Yeah, I know, hey, oh, no, it's getting I, away you know, from it's, us. It's it's yeah, it's one that should have happened, you know, three or four years ago. It yeah. would have been it would have been epic. Biblical. It would have been the biggest fight in Australian history, right? Oh, absolutely, yeah. everyone would have tuned in for that.
0: Does it get catty when you're trying to sign new and upcoming boxers, like you know Tim Zhu, for example, who you know has got a world championship fight in February, January?
2: Yeah, January. Yeah, is that locked in? Locked in January twenty eighth in Vegas. It. In Vegas. Yeah.
0: Like for example, when when he was unsigned, is there a lot of competition for these young guys? Or?
2: Yeah, I, I mean there is. There is. There's um, I mean even now there's there's international promoters. You know trying to move in on, on a lot of our local talent as well so um, that must be tough then yeah yeah of the, course the, the
1: big international ones
2: of course you know like and, and eddie hearn's making his way into australia he wants to he wants to promote fights here and he wants to sign more aussie talent a smooth car um, as well yeah very very and he's you know he's, he's got plenty behind him too mm, so yeah. he can afford to he can afford to do a lot of things that, that the rest of us probably can't so um i don't know who promotes charlo but was the, what was that experience
0: like? Sitting down to hash out a world championship fight. Was that were you sort of pinching yourself, going, "Jesus Christ!" Oh, like, couple the boys from Bathurst representing <laughs> the biggest one of the biggest fighters to show
2: <laughs> for Australia. the bright lights
0: of the WRS. Sitting down, hash out a world championship fight. Like, what was that experience like?
2: Yeah, well, like I mean, his guys are PBC who are the biggest. You know, they've got all of the talent. You, nearly every great fighter in the world. You mentioned their name most of them are with pbc pbc have got a lot of really good fighters and um charlo is one of those guys even in tim's division they've got about you know six of the best fighters in his division we were still learning on the job for 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 quite some time and and um and now you know navigating the international space it was the same thing it was learning on the job you know you you can't just walk into the pbc office and say hey you know we want to put a fight over here we're you know we want to fight your guys we want to do this this and this 'cause I say, yeah, see you later, mate. Mm. Yeah. Who are you? Beat it. Yeah. Um and yeah. So, so the the work that we put in um to get to the point we're at now, it's um
1: yeah, man, it's cool. You're saying, you know, that who's to say in twelve months time you aren't promoting overseas. Does a win for Tim sort of open those doors more for you if you were to go and do in, put on international fights?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I yeah. mean, um, when Tim wins a world title in when January, Tim? the world's his playground. You know, wherever he wants to fight, we can look at Making that happen from then, because we've got the champion. We've got the champion, and with with the champion comes the power to be able to, you know, be able to navigate a lot smoother than than People when you're the challenger. You you know, everybody's you coming to you, and they they'll take they'll make sacrifices to you know to, to reach it on on your terms to be able to um, to be able to get in the ring with Tim because you know he's he's got all of the everything in his favour.
0: What's the future for No Limit look like? Like what are your what are your five ten year plans for uh, the promotion for the sport?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we just want to keep we just like you mentioned earlier about being a tier one sport. That's what we want for boxing in Australia. I think we've had so many talented fighters over the years. And we haven't always had the platform for them. Um, I think if this platform was around. You know for for other guys for their careers i think they would have had a very different career and they would have had a d- very different outcome to how their careers went um and that's what we want we just we still want to keep that platform here in australia we want regular fights people tuning in getting to know our fighters and and knowing that there's a path here for, for if you can fight if you're a bloke who can fight you've got a path here for you to make a a really great career of it and Um, you know and then there's the obviously the transitions on the back of that is that you know there will be a lot of opportunities through media through everything else around the sport that'll grow off the back of us you know being able to build this big platform here and you know we don't want to stop here because we want to have world champions we want to have world champions in our stable and um, in doing that we want to be able to put fights on overseas and and be able to have uh, them opportunities you know when when tim's defending his world title over in in the States. We want our next guys coming over there and fighting on the undercard of that Mm. and and having them big fights that it's really hard to get them opportunities for, for people to get them big fights. But when someone's opened the door for someone else, you know, everybody can walk through.
1: You're listening to all talk with hello sport we are here chatting to the ceo of no limit boxing and former nrl star george rose now george if we can just now maybe transition back to i mean obviously no limit killing it but what back to the glory days. back to the glory days yes. i mean sure you played some couple of games for the roosters i know mean, you played for the storm i think i remember you in a dragon's jersey but yes. i choose to pretend like you never represented that club <laughs>
0: for obvious reasons. for
1: obvious reasons <laughs> the dragons um (laughs) (laughs) um you're someone who's been able to be successful in two careers most people don't get to be successful at anything how do you reflect back on your rugby league career um just generally i guess
2: no I, i loved it i absolutely loved it i um you know i played 12 years in the nrl i got to win a grand final um i played in you know what I think was one of the best teams of the last you know thirty odd years forty
1: fifty sixty
2: seventy eighty maybe history that the too so in the history <laughs> of the game
1: in the
0: history of the game most ju- good judges good also. judges say history of the game
2: you yeah. know I, I, I am I'm very grateful that I got to got to play during that period and 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 it was a time when when the footy was really enjoyable too like there was still a lot of things that we could do that that was fun on yeah. the field so um, yeah. Very grateful.
1: How did you find the manly team dynamic in those years? Because, I mean, there was some friction. One of the first podcasts we ever did that got us a bit of coverage was when Watmo called Cherry (laughs) Evans, which we were a bit like, okay, Chuck, Jesus Christ. But, you know, the team itself was phenomenal, but then there were some, like, you know, bit of back and forth and stuff like that. You seem like the sort of guy who just sort of was friends with everyone, but how did you find just the
2: team generally? Oh, Awesome, awesome. Like, I, I mean, and the thing that stood out for me was when I first when I first went to Manly is that everybody just treated you the same. Mm. I, mean, I mean, we had some superstar guys there. Mm. Um, but, you know, when you're going through pre-seasons, it's, it's painful. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, you finish the week and, and you've got, you know, Brett Stewart throws out, hey, boys, having a few beers and pizzas at, at home, you know, come around and... and and it's sort of thrown open to you know to not only the the superstar of the team, but it's it's everyone down to guys that are there on a train and trial, um, guys who were you know eighteen year olds up training with the with the um, with the top squad for, for pre-season. Everyone was welcome, you know. Doors were open to everyone, and and when you when you're on the beaches, it's it's like it's a, a big country town over there as well because it's. Um, you know no one travels over the spit once you once you're on the beaches you're on the beaches and everyone knows each other you know you know all of the spots to go to and um so so being a part of that was was really cool it was a really really good really good culture that we had at the club
1: how'd you find a desi preseason? were you treated any like would he go easier on you or like you know the bigger boys or was it like no mate you've all got a
2: no, no, he wouldn't go easy on you. No, no, no. Des had um, Des had Dez has he had his standards. Um, the best and the worst thing that happened for Des was was sports science coming into it. And you know he was he was one of the leaders in. in you know he wanted to bring sports science on board. You know we, let's get our GPS, let's get our data, all this stuff here. Mm-hmm. Let's bring it on. Um, but so he was real excited because he wanted to push the boundaries even further, make people train harder. But what it did was actually then be able to monitor what we we're doing and, and, and be able to limit what he was able to do to us as well because <laughs> you know there is a limit to what your body can do yeah. and um you know so so we actually had the data to back it up and he was like no he just, he's given absolutely everything he's got this is where they're at you know you've got to back off you've got to give him a day off and so it all worked against him going that route is that he couldn't do his old hard shit that he wanted to do to us <laughs> and and um you know we had donnie in our corner who you know he was great donnie singe he was a the st- head strength and condition guy um at the seagulls and you know, he, he was great for us, too. He pushed us to our absolute limits, knew what your limit was, and then, um, you know, let you do what you had to do. You're, like, pr- probably one of Manly's favourite sons, like Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose. Do you, <laughs> do
0: you ever get sick of hearing that and being beloved by the people? Like, because you are legitimately, like, one of the cult heroes. But not just Manly. Like hero. he was, I
1: reckon just an NRL cult figure as well, right? hundred percent. Not for Manly. Not many people get that status.
0: If any, like... They don't. They don't. They don't replace each other.
2: No. 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 Exactly. Like just they're a rare. That sort of like pop up. Yeah. No. Look. I, I don't. I don't have any issues with that at all. Because on the other side, I could have everybody hating me. You're yeah. that <laughs> who used to play for Manly. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you know, I, I'd I'd hate that. You know, I'd, if everyone loves me, I'll, I'll embrace it. I love it. Mm. I, you know, I, I really do appreciate it. And and I like the the thing that I actually missed the most from my my footy career was the moment when I used to run onto the field at Brookie and Grant Goldman would announce me onto the field, I'm for the field number 17, George Rose. Yeah. Well, gorgeous, sorry. Gorgeous. Yeah, because it was gorgeous George, George. Yeah, Rose. that's right.
1: My old man was always to- Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose, and we were like, we need that to take off as well. <laughs> I'm, like,
2: I'm a Twinkle Toes <laughs> Yeah, I'm Twinkle Toes, Georgie Rose. Yeah. And, they, and then the crowd would, the, I'd, I'd hear the roar from the crowd and be like, how good's that they're cheering for me and i would get the ball and i would just charge onto it and you'd hear him cheering when you when you wind up and every time it just made me want to wind up even harder because i'd hear that cheer and i think the biggest thing that i miss from footy was that that cheer of the of the brookie crowd were you on the field in the battle of brookie no i was just about to come on so i was coming on for darcy and yeah. that's why i'm filthy at him you know like I ended up playing about 10 minutes that game because I, I didn't end up getting on the field then. I, so I'm up, I'm getting ready, got the interchange card, all of that, and then it all broke out, and then it come back down again, and they were in front of us, and and um, like I was right in front of me where where Gifty and and Blair got into it again. Um, and then all the boys came running across and then all of the storm bench got up and and ran onto the field and they got involved in the fight and that and and I and you know you're not allowed to do that but I remember Gavin Badger come up and he's grabbed me and he's saying stay there George I said stay there look at them there's four of them on the field they're all in there Um, but I remember him yelling at me and trying to hold me back I'm like I'm I'm, I'm watching here.
1: It's, just, it's Christian Welsh. It Let the boys play. Christian Welsh says that that fight was full of dog shots from Manly. So I'd like you to maybe pair <laughs> him with a Junior Paulo in a, in oh. a boxing match and oh, see man. how he goes. Because yeah. he says that to us all the time. He's going to so keep
0: talking. Shit. Keep yeah, living yeah. up. I feel get hit that is the, <laughs> the, the <laughs> same that is the same.
1: Yeah. um <laughs> yeah. so then what's the 2011 win like after all the hardship you've missed two gs and then you get on the you get into to win
2: it in 2011 yeah it was it was good because i remember the week before um the storm who we'd had that clash with yeah they got knocked off by the warriors and i remember there was a little fleeting moment where i sat there and i was like holy sh**, I'm going to win again. Because <laughs> 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 I, I, knew, I knew we had the Warriors number all year. I yeah. knew we had the number all year. And and, and I was like, holy sh**. come like, down, come down. Did we say that all we, the time? We literally that's say that. The, we
1: go, the second the Storm lost the Warriors, they're like, no, baby, we won the Warriors.
0: Yeah, it was just a matter of time.
1: Oh, that's so and, funny.
2: And I mean, the say. game, it didn't come easy in the game. No. Because I remember when I got on the field, it was still nil all still nil all mm. and we hadn't scored and, and i nearly i nearly got to be first try scorer because so there was you this would have been paying uh, a fair bit oh 67 <laughs> to one apparently, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> um there's this shape that we ran all year and and for for our whole like that whole time we were successful we we had this one shape that we had set up and it was just there was like five different options on it and you know we we just killed it our attack was built off the back of this one set of shape and my line that I was running through, the gap opened up for me like it was huge. And I was like, I'm on here, I'm on here. <laughs> and they went to Snake, obviously. Yeah. And and the Snake, he's, he's, his gap was like that, but he still got through yeah. it. And, and, you know, he scored he scored a beautiful try, but it could have been me. <laughs> my option was, was available, but they, they didn't go. They me, didn't go. They went I was great. still on there for the first try, though. So there it, was, you go. That's it, was, nice. it was great. It was great. Yeah, And it was a good day. It was... Yeah.
1: yeah. Sean Johnson, was. that was when I think it was his first year and he was just terrifying every time he touched the ball. Oh, where you yeah. just like, holy sh! what's this kid going to do? Well, I
2: was more terrified of him than I was of, you know, any of the big forwards. I used to hate the little fast blows because a big forward, at least you know they're coming at you. you just got to throw everything at it. and mm-hmm. You don't have to move too much, whereas I don't know where he was going to be. And it was the same. Like, Matty Bowen was my most hated player because, <laughs> you know, you'd be like one second, they're like there, and then within half a second, they're here. And they're there behind you <laughs> and they run away to score a try and you don't know how they got there and yeah. you couldn't do nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you feel silly. Yeah, What's happening yeah. here?
0: Yeah, you I've just got to watch. On.
2: <laughs> Who was meant to be? Matty Ballon, where are you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Blame Somebody was else, meant mate. to be there.
1: You got to play in this amazing team with Manly, but then you also got to go on down to Melbourne and work under someone like Bellamy. What's it like? What's Bellamy like, but also the system, you you know, it wasn't, you thought it was going to be the same, you were saying, but it wasn't? Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, for, so how long was it? I was at Manly for for eight years. For that whole time, we had this little grudge thing with Melbourne and and we were sort of, I think we were pretty much on par with, you know, our achievements and and the standard of teams that we had. And and so I I thought when when I went down there, I thought that, you know, they were going to be the same as us, how we were at Manly. Um, but they were completely different. So, the way they things the the way they did things there in in Melbourne was completely different to what we did in in Manly. But we both had the same sort of success mm. during that period. So that was a bit of an eye opener for me um, there to see that. that what was we different could be so exactly? Different. Like, well, I think at Manly we got in and done our work, you know, and we enjoyed doing it. You know, we we had a laugh, we had a lot of good times. And but when we we're you know, we'd, we'd turn up to train them, we'd get it done, we'd rip in and get out of there. And you know, a lot of emphasis was put on enjoy your time away from footy, you know, enjoy your family, enjoy your friends. We live on the beaches, go and enjoy the beach, enjoy mm. the life that, you, that you've got here. Um, but we did, still did the same amount of work, we just got it done a lot quicker and got mm. out of there. Um, and then down at Melbourne, I remember in the pre season, there'd be days I'd turn up at I'd turn up for training, you know, about six o'clock and and I, I wouldn't be leaving there some days till like six thirty, seven 7 o'clock. And that was, you know, it was multiple days of the week that that would happen. And it it was funny because they said, you know, you come down here, you're out of the rugby league bubble. You know, you'll, you'll find that you enjoy it a lot more. Um, but I felt like I was more immersed in rugby league than ever before because you were there for these long days. And there was a lot of video and a lot of repetitive stuff um, that... Was just so different to how we done things at Manly, and and um, you know that's why I, I don't think I enjoyed playing my footy there as much as I did at Manly for the previous years. And, Interesting, yeah. But uh, not to say that it's that it wasn't a, a good formula what they used, you know clearly the success right? yeah. spoke for it and and so it was really interesting to see what they did to be able to get their success compared to how we did things at Manly and got yeah. our success There's no one road necessarily no, no definitely they often
0: not. say i've often heard it say that like manly was more of an old school approach back then that sort of stem like there was an emphasis on you know camaraderie and going out and sort
1: all of, great success comes off the back of a ripping and a tearing well, at least that's exactly a right. a little bit
0: there was a there was a focus on ripping and tearing yeah. and then you know more of that old school approach whereas the storm was sort of like this new sort of new school way of you know playing and
1: training and that sort of thing six till nine bit of rip and tearing nine till 12 exactly (laughs) 12 till 3 even even the setup start
2: rip and tearing for dinner yeah Yeah. look i I was shocked so that whole time that i was at manly we used to get changed in the boot of our cars so we'd pull up at narrowbean you know park up next to the oval and you just pop your boot and you got your you got everything there so you get changed in the back of your car you you'd you know, that's pretty much your, your locker. Yeah. Um, and then I went down to Melbourne, and we actually had lockers. We had lockers. Uh-huh. We had these great facilities. They had, you know, they had forty people in the front office staff. Um, they had a, an abundance of coaches. They had so many coaches that when you are in the gym, there'd be there'd be a trainer assigned to to each. You know training pair you know so you'd, you'd partner up with someone go to do your weights and there'd be a trainer there that would watch you and spot you through your whole thing like that's how many people they that's had um on hand to be able to help you out so like um you know like that's that's great that they that they were able to do that but it was also very different that manly you know yeah. you get in you get your sheet you go through and you just go and rip into your weights and you do a bit of extra stuff and then and then you'd, you know, you'd be done and there was one or two people that were operating and everything, you know, Donnie Singer would be dishing out the protein and writing up the, <laughs> the program and doing the things on the board and checking in on everyone, doing everything and, um, you know, everyone still, we're a very strong team, you know, so we got We got our work done, but then you go down to Melbourne and it's like, you know, there's there's a guy assigned to, to out your protein and there's a guy assigned to to washing up your washing up your protein you use bottles you know there's
0: (laughs) merely you bring your own chair
2: So it's very different.
1: You're listening to All Talk with Hello Sport. It's Tom and Eddie here. Coming to you on SEN, and we are talking to George Rose. Do you – are you – firstly, are you involved in the management of players now, or is that still your brother that largely does that side of things?
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not really involved okay. in, in that side of it. But, yeah. you know, obviously I'm close with the guys that yeah. the, that he works with. and
1: So with that, in regards to that, do you – is there anything that you think about when it comes to like mentoring younger players? Like, do you have to think about ways you approach things, or do you have do you ever talk them through? You know, situations they're having problems or anything like that.
2: Yeah, I, I still I chat to a lot of the boys, and I and when I went to the NRL, that was sort of the role that I had at the NRL. There was a, there was a lot of that sort of stuff that I did, um, and then even now I'm still I'm still an open book to any of the boys who, who want to have a yarn and and um, you know like given the success I've been able to experience and see in my time over the years, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to share and, you know, explain what, what was good for me, what's not mm. good. And, and always just to be an ear for anyone who wants to have a yarn, because it's, it is hard. You get stuck in a bit of a bubble when you're playing and, and, um, you know, you, you don't realise who's out there that you can talk to and, and how simple some of your problems might actually be. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes you, you might have the simplest problem, but at, at, for you who doesn't know how to deal with it or how to cope with it, it's the biggest weight in the world on your shoulders and um, being able to help some of the guys out with that, like, um, you know, for an example, a guy like Latrell Mitchell who's who's had to deal with with what he's had to deal with over the last few years, you know, just being able to chat to him and hear how resilient he is with with what he he has to deal with Um, just because he's playing footy and he's good at it, He's such a resilient kid, and, and to be able to speak to him, and and you know, just I suppose just just to be able to see what what he does and how he deals with it, it's and and I mean, knowing the type of guy he is too, like he's a he's a he's a redneck. He 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 loves bulls and, and <laughs> farming and tractors and all this you know all yeah. this stuff. Like he he he. He just loves his family time and he loves his farm, and that's why I think like he's not not actually a bad dude, you yeah. know. Like there's been some bad dudes come through the game who who did, some, you know, some some bad things, and he's treated it as if he is a bad guy. Yeah. Um. And that's sort of that's what surprises me the most is because the type of guy he is doesn't reflect how he's treated. But yeah. I know that he's so popular though too. He, he gets the clicks if they if you say something about Latrell, you know. Cut this up and put it on. There. Well, you know, you, you're, you're going to George get the Rose clicks. smashes
1: Latrell. <laughs> yeah, 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 he yeah.
2: does. He gets the clicks, and it's no matter what it is, he he will get the clicks, and and that's why that's why I think they'll always they'll always continue to, to have stick on him stories like that on him. Any time that you can say a Latrell story, you're going to get clicks, so they'll they'll do it. And that's what, I'm just impressed with how he deals with it. Well, mate, thanks very much
1: for your time. <laughs> we really
2: do appreciate it. Manly legend, as you said, but obviously what
1: you're doing with No Limit awesome as well. Um, And we look forward to the continued success you have.
2: No, thank you very much. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, mate. Let's go Manly. Go Manly.
0: Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.